There are few things on earth that generate more conversation than wine. For many, the thirst for wine knowledge becomes an obsession, and it's hard to imagine that anyone has fully ingested all there is to know about the world's most revered beverage. We all know people who are passionate about sharing that knowledge and their opinions about wine. But we find an awful lot of the conversations about wine pretty hard to swallow. Welcome to Grape Encounters. Your host, David Wilson, his guests, and the rest of us on the team are here to show you a great time. How to have more fun with your wine. Where to enjoy wine the most. How to immerse yourself into a wine lifestyle that isn't simply about wine. So let's dive into this week's edition of Grape Encounters. Oh, you'll learn plenty, but hopefully it will be knowledge that you can really use. Not like that Latin class you took in high school. Here's your wine captain, David Wilson. So we are just about two weeks away from one of my three favorite holidays. And I love this holiday because it may be the most wine-centric holiday of them all. In fact, there are so many bottles of wine out there that have labels and themes that are perfectly suited to this holiday. I think they should change the name of the holiday to Hallow Wine. You probably know what I'm talking about to some degree because there are just so many wine bottles that have macabre names and scenes on the labels and just offbeat names that commemorate everything from vampires to the walking dead. I'm not sure why it is because wine is such a happy beverage, really. And I always say that when you go to a funeral, you probably drink whiskey. But when you're doing something happy, celebrating a birthday or an anniversary, you probably drink wine. But be that as it may, wine loves to celebrate, as I said, the macabre. So we're going to talk about some of these wines. And I'm also going to talk in a little bit about how these macabre wine labels actually started a brand new kind of way of marketing products. And it's basically an interactive label where you can look at the label through your phone and the whole bottle comes to life. And some of the scenes that come to life are not for the squeamish, let's just say that. But before we get into that, I want to start with a wine company who probably has the most perfect Halloween name. They're called Vampire. And they've got such an interesting story. It would make really for a very fun movie. I just want to just tell you the story of this company because it's so crazy and ridiculous, but it's 100% true and you're going to love it. Anyway, back in 1985, this guy, Michael Machat, is out driving in the Nevada desert and he looks up into the stars and he sees a vision across the sky and he claims that the image that he saw was red wine and the word vampire. Well, he goes back to New York, I guess where he lives, and he wants to share this thought with wine professionals and wants to create a wine named vampire, right? And by the way, he wants to describe the wine inside the bottle as blood of the vine, right? Everybody thought he was crazy and they said, you know, you should really stick to lawyering, Michael. Well, I guess he did, but he never got this vampire thing out of his head. He goes on a four-week business trip to England. And while he's there, he meets this absolutely drop-dead gorgeous rock singer named Lisa Dominique. You can't make that name up, by the way. I mean, what a perfect name for a countess, right? Anyway, they fall in love. And Michael, instead of coming back four weeks later, <laughs> he's in England for like seven years. Well, in the meantime, while representing these artists in England, 
England, he just hung on to that vision, and he really had the idea that maybe they should move to Transylvania and make the wine there. But at the time, Transylvania, which is in Romania, was under the rule of a fierce dictator, and they didn't allow marketing anyway. So it was out of the question to set up a winery there. So instead, he uh, starts bottling Syrah from Algeria, and he does that in France, and then also an Italian Sangiovese. And these are under the vampire name. But in 1990, the Berlin Wall came down, right? And suddenly you could go to Romania. So he and Lisa Dominique take off. They go to Romania and they spend several years there making vampire wines. So Michael's dream of having a Transylvanian winery comes to life in 1995. But I guess, you know, the grapes there and the quality of the wines were just not up to he and Lisa Dominique's standards. They had developed much better palates as they are going through this thing. So in 2007, the family leaves Transylvania, comes to California, produces the first wine in Paso Robles, which is like six miles from where I'm sitting right now. And they've been making wine ever since. But while this is all going on, Countess Lisa Dominique is getting the novel writing bug. And she decides she is going to pen a vampire novel and call it a walk in the sun. Anyway, the, the book got great reviews and has been compared to the classic Bram Stoker's Dracula. So anyway, um, that's the story of vampire wines. Let me tell you the names of just a few of them. So under the name vampire, they've got a Merlot, a Cabernet Sauvignon, a Pinot Noir, a red wine blend, and a Chardonnay. Then they have a second label called True Blood. Uh, these are very specific wines, a Mount Peter Cabernet Sauvignon, a St. Helena Cabernet Sauvignon, a Napa Valley Cab, and a Pinot Noir. And then they've got a wine called Dracula, which is a Pinot Noir, and also a Dracula Merlot. And then my favorite, it's called Fangria. You get it? Fang. Fangs like Dracula's fangs and Gria, and it's obviously a Sangria. Anyway, that is the story of uh, vampire wines. A very fun and interesting story. But now we're going to just talk about some of the other really fun labels that are out there. So also right here in the Paso Robles region, there is a very, very interesting, very clever winery called Chronic Cellars. It's been around since 2004. It's run by two brothers, Josh and Jake Beckett, two guys that make very good wines and have a really, really super good sense of humor. You can't miss their bottles because pretty much every single bottle has an image that has a, a skeleton's head on it. And it doesn't matter whether it's a, a rabbit or uh, I'm looking at a woman with a bicycle. They all have a human skeletal head. And there's a particular wine that is just perfect for Halloween. And I guess they sell out of this wine pretty easily. It's called Dead Nuts. It's got a skeleton in a suit and tie. And he's wearing a little fedora hat. And anyway, it really is a very delicious wine. Not uh, necessarily cheap, $26. But all of these wines really are perfect Halloween wines. Uh, they've also got one that I think is a great one for Halloween called Rays in Hell. And uh, they say, saddle up with lively flavors of black cherry, smoky oak, blueberry, and cola. 
raised in hell. It doesn't say what the grapes are. Anyway, that's Chronic Wines. You can check them out. It's a fun website to go to, by the way. So meanwhile, up in Washington State, the Charles Smith Wines Company has a wine that is called the Velvet Devil. And I like the reason why they made this wine, because uh, they created it after the movie Sideways was, you know, such a big hit. And it espoused all of that anti-Merlot sentiments all over the place. So Charles set out to put right the movie's unflattering depiction of what he calls a very great varietal. In a nutshell, the goal of Charles Smith was to make Merlot sexy again, and that brought about the creation of the Velvet Devil. You might want to give it a try. I would be very remiss if I didn't tell you about a classic GSM, that's a Grenache Syrah Mouvedre blend, made by Owen Rowe, and it's called Sinister Hand. And this wine has just an amazing backstory. It's about a legend from the 17th century uh, having to do with two Irish families, the O'Neills and the O'Reillys. And both families were very proud of their boat rowing abilities, so they decided to have a competition. And the winner of the competition would be able to lay claim to a particularly prized plot of land. So the rules of engagement were pretty simple and straightforward. All they had to do was take off from the starting line and then get to the finish line. And whoever's hand touched the land first won the plot of land. Pretty straightforward. Well, as the race progressed, things were not going well for the O'Neill's boat. They started falling pretty far behind, and so uh, they were not going to lose this contest. No way they wanted that plot of land. So a member of the crew literally chopped off his hand, and he tossed it to the shore, going to, obviously, very great lengths to win this prized property. And in fact, they say that the land still remains in the hands of the O'Neill family today. But I guess it would be that it remains in the hand of the O'Neill family today. All right, we're going to take a short break here. We'll be right back in just a second with more Grape Encounters. And Grape Encounters is, of course, brought to you by Total Wine and More. Did you know that Total Wine and More's buying teams travel across the entire country and the world looking for new and exciting wines? Total Wine doesn't just sell the same old, same old. They're always busy forging relationships with the best producers so that they're able to provide exceptional wines that are exciting and new to you at an incredible price. Just look for that yellow Winery Direct tag in their stores or online. You know, even though I spend almost every waking hour trying to track down all things wine, Total Wine & More is always several steps ahead. They're always doing everything they can to distinguish themselves from everybody else. And even though I'm a little jealous of how well they're able to cover the world, they definitely make my job easier by turning me on to the next exciting discoveries. And we're going to make more exciting discoveries in just a second when we return with Grape Encounters Radio. In Greek mythology, we learn the mysterious connection between walnuts and wine. When Dionysus, the god of wine, fell in love with Princess Caria of Laconia, her sisters tried to prevent the romance, so Dionysus turned them into rocks. He also turned his beloved Caria into a walnut tree. She was, after all, a hard nut to crack. 
At mmorganics.com in Paso Robles, California, Walnuts and Wine is the ultimate love story. You'll flip over their 100% organic port-style dessert wines and organic heirloom walnut products, including sprouted snacking walnuts in five awesome flavors, irresistible raw organic walnut butter, free trade chocolate-covered walnuts, and for bakers, MM Organics produces 100% gluten-free walnut flour, estate walnut oil, and of course, their crazy delicious raw walnuts. Get all their products online at mmorganics.com. That's mmorganics.com. Grave Encounters Radio is based in Atascadero, California for good reason. It's the heart of the Central Coast wine country and the perfect home base for endless adventures. Atascadero is friendly, affordable, and offers unparalleled access to world-class equestrian ranches, bicycle trails, hiking, breathtaking beaches, cutting-edge culinary experiences, and endless wine country adventures. Learn more about Atascadero, the gateway to good times, at visitatascadero.com. Welcome back to Grape Encounters Radio, broadcasting from our Central Coast Wine Country studio in idyllic Atascadero, California. Grape Encounters is brought to you by Total Wine & More, America's largest independent retailer of fine wine. They carry more than 8,000 different wines from every wine-producing region in the world and offer an equally monumental selection of beer and spirits. Here's David. Today's edition of Grape Encounters is brought to you by Total Wine and More. You know, every week we encourage you to look beyond the ordinary and seek the extraordinary. That's why you definitely want to check out Winery Direct at Total Wine and More. These are products identified by the yellow shelf tags in their stores or online. The selection includes more than 2,000 of their 8,000 wines, many of which you can only find at Total Wine and More. Winery Direct is just one of the many things that makes Total Wine and More so unique. Learn more at Total Wine and More. Hey, remember when Halloween used to be just for kids? Not anymore. Adults, I think, have more fun going to Halloween parties than the kids have going out trick-or-treating. And if you are going to a Halloween party and you're going to bring a bottle of wine or perhaps you're throwing a Halloween party at your place and you want a Halloween-themed wine, there are no shortages of them out there. We talked about a number of them in the first segment. Let's see. Here's some other ones. Armida makes a Zinfandel. That's quite good, by the way. It's called Poison Reserve. It's spelled... P-O-I, and then, of course, Z-I-N. They call it a wine to die for. There's a winery called Ghost Pines. It makes a great Chardonnay. Apothic has a number of different wines, but I really like their Inferno Zinfandel blend. And there's a Pinot Noir from Hocus Pocus and a really good Petite Syrah from Spellbound. All right, so here's a particularly crazy one, and it's from a winery that is not very far from where I'm at. It's down in Buell. California. They only apparently make one wine. Get this. It's called Rest in Peace. And they write this about their wines. They say, in sorrow we depart, but not in despair. For in the sleep of death, what dreams may come? Raise a glass of Rest in Peace red wine blend and toast the mystery that awaits us. (laughs) I'm not in any real hurry to do that. But anyway, they've got two skeletons that are standing up and they're clinking their glasses. Then, you know, In a very normal way, they write, this red wine blend 
shows aromas of boysenberry with hints of leather, cedar, and cigar tobacco. Flavors are of raspberry jam, chocolate, and black pepper with a faint echo of black tea on the long finish. When you look at the website, a little bit creepy to me, but what do I know? All right, from a basically unknown wine producer to one of the biggest names in Hollywood, of course, we're talking about Francis Ford Coppola, and he is a really ultra cool wine out. I love the packaging on it. It's called Vendetta, and it says, don't talk about it, drink it, which is what I always say on the show, but they really tease you with the description of the wine. It says, the story of Vendetta begins with a secret, a whisper, a knock on a hidden door. You'll have to find out where it ends for yourself. There's a black paper wrapper around the bottle, and then it has bullet holes that look like fractured glass. And then there's red liquid pouring out of one of the holes. And I guess we don't really know whether it's blood or is it wine. Well, like he says, you're going to have to find out where it all ends for yourself. So at the beginning of the show, we were talking about the vampire wines that were at one point made in Transylvania. Well, there is another wine currently being made in Transylvania, a perfect Halloween wine, and it is called, get this, Bat's Blood. Makes you want to pour 18 ounces of this wine. And they have actually a really super cool website, and I encourage you to go check it out. It's batsblood.com. Now, this wine is made by a really renowned winemaker, and he's the guy who makes the world-famous Yellowtail brand, but his name is great because the name sounds like the innkeeper in some kind of horror film. His name is Hartley Smithers. Hartley Smithers. And I'm not making fun of his name, but it does sound like a perfect character name in a horror film, but he's a good-looking guy, and Bat's Blood, they're calling it the legendary wine of Transylvania. A delicious single-grape Merlot estate bottle, and tastes as smooth as velvet, and I am told that Hartley Smithers is a great guy. And I guess he finishes up making wine in Australia for the Yellowtail brand. And then he, along with his wife, who is also a winemaker, head to Transylvania and then they make the Bat's Blood wine. The Bat's Blood wine is grown, produced, and bottled on the Master's Estate in the historic region of Transylvania, close to the foothills of the Carpathian Mountains. And a, a single grape is used in it. The grape is Merlot. And by the way, uh, one of the things that I noticed with all of these Halloween or macabre-themed wines is that the majority of them seem to be made from Merlot grapes. And I don't know why that is exactly, but it's, it's just an interesting coincidence. But definitely go to the Bat's Blood website, and you'll have a lot of fun. Oh, and I almost forgot to tell you that they actually put the bottle in a little coffin. <laughs> yeah, it's a little coffin, a little Dracula coffin that's lined with satin or something like that. It's really, really super cool packaging. Again, it's Bat's Blood. Now, I want to move on before we wrap things up having to do with Halloween and tell you about something really super cool there are these new labels that a lot of wines are putting on their bottles. 
It's a pretty new technology, and it is called augmented reality. And one of the winemakers that is doing this in a very big way is the Bogle Winery. They've got a Phantom Red and a Phantom Chardonnay bottle, and it basically works like this. If you have not seen this technology, you definitely have to check it out because it is mind-boggling. What you do is you get an app online that only takes a second to get it, you know, the App Store, the Google Store, and... Once you load that, you can then point it at the label on the bottle. And as you watch through the phone, the bottle comes to life. And in this particular case, on this bottle, the bottle all of a sudden becomes encased in steel. And there's a gear that goes around it. And the gear spins and a window opens up. And you see the phantom going by on the bottle. It is like ultra super cool. And there are several, as I said, winemakers who are using this augmented reality. And most of them are perfectly suited for Halloween. The one that I saw first was a series by 19 Crimes Wine. And they have these basically killers on uh, each of their different labels. So there's a whole bunch of different characters. And then when you look at it through the augmented reality app, these characters come to life and you hear the whole story. There's also a Walking Dead wine. It's a four-pack and it does the same thing. So, And it even gets way cooler than that because you can take two bottles, put them side by side, and have, for instance, a zombie come break out of one of the bottles, and then a zombie breaks out of the other bottle, and then they sit there on the table, the counter, and they fight one another. It's, it's so mind-boggling what you can do with technology today. So, you know, you can Google augmented reality. And, and by the way, I guess the reasoning behind having two bottles that are interacting is the fact that uh, that way they can get you to buy two bottles of wine instead of one. Why not, right? Okay, we're going to be back with more Grape Encounters in just a second. We're going to dive into the news. We haven't done a news segment in a long time, so we've got several stories I want to share with you today when we return with Grape Encounters Radio, which is brought to you, of course, by Total Wine and More. If you don't know where there's a Total Wine and More store, you can go online to TotalWine.com and find the store closest to you and you can also buy lots of stuff online we'll be back with more grape encounters right after this as summer fades and fall settles in magic happens in wine countries around the globe vineyards laden with luscious fruit become the center of attention and wine lovers from far and wide come to celebrate the long-awaited harvest Every wine country has its own unique character and events to commemorate the season, but few places offer the diversity and sheer number of opportunities that await you on California's Central Coast. So if you want to be in the absolute center of it all, set your sights on a Tascadero. Unpretentious, inexpensive, and the truest expression of Americana, a Tascadero is the perfect base camp for your fall wine adventure. A Tascadero is the midpoint between Los Angeles and San Francisco, but during harvest, it might as well be the center of the universe. The wine world waits all year for harvest, but don't wait to book your California Central Coast wine adventure. Let Atascadero be your gracious host. And all you have to do is log on to visitatascadero.com. Before we continue with the show, I want you to do yourself a favor. Write down two words or hit Siri or Alexa to remember them for you. The words are peak, P-E-A-K-E, ranch. Over the past 10 years, my product endorsements are few and far between. That's because I'm not just a wine talk show host. 
I'm also a wine critic and a wine judge. And Wines of Peak Ranch would easily win a gold medal for me in a blind tasting. They're a small boutique label making wines from grapes grown on one of California's most legendary properties. The Pinots, Chardonnay, and Syrah will blow your mind. Log on to peakranch.com, read their story, and buy a bottle or two or three. Each varietal is a masterpiece. Get yours at peakranch.com. Today's edition of Grape Encounters is brought to you by Total Wine and More. You know, every week we encourage you to look beyond the ordinary and seek the extraordinary. That's why you definitely want to check out Winery Direct at Total Wine and More. These are products that are identified by the yellow shelf tag in their stores and online. You can learn more at TotalWine.com. And now let's continue our discussion on Grape Encounters. And we're back with Grape Encounters Radio, and I think it has been, actually, it's got to be way more than a month that we did anything pertaining to the news from the wine world. Ah. That uh that you just heard is our announcer, Brent Tonimo. I always like to bring you in on the news and relieve you from your strictly announcer chores because you are a wine guy. Well, it's true. It's good to, to be brought in. You are a winemaker. Yes, I am. A butcher, a baker, and a, wine and a home winemaker. Home winemaker. Yeah, but no, you, Very well said. you definitely know the ropes where wine is concerned. And you and I always get into discussions about things that are in the wine press. Yeah, yeah. And I don't mean the wine press that, you know what I mean, that presses the grapes. It's the wine press, meaning people like me who write and talk about wine, right? So some really super duper interesting stories that I wanted to get into that have really captured my attention. And the first one that really captures my attention are actually a a pair of stories about PG&E. That Pacific is Pacific Gas and Electric. Pacific Gas and Electric, which services I don't know how big this company is. I know they're all up and down the California coast, right? It's huge, yeah. Yeah, they're huge. But what is particularly important about PG and E, and I, I frankly I like them, you know, they're kinda cool to deal with. Is, I have uh, a little stock in them. Okay, all yeah. right. Okay. Well you probably should get rid of that. Oh really? Yeah, well yeah. Anyway, they unfortunately had the bad fortune of bearing the brunt of responsibility for the fires a couple of years ago that wiped out so much of wine country. And, you know, uh, I guess they're... At bl- least they were blamed on that. Well, the, yeah, they were blamed on it. And I'm not taking a, any position. I'm not going to... This isn't any kind of a assault on PG&E. But I, I just remember when I lived up in a mountain community where there was very dense forest and there was this infestation of what they called the bark beetles. Oh, yeah. The power company up there at the time was Southern California Edison. And here there were like a million trees that died off. And they had to pay, get this, the power company had to pay to remove all the dead trees in the forest, basically. I mean, they literally would go in, cut the trees, helicopter them out and take them to a staging area. And for whatever reason, they had to bear this ginormous financial brunt because I guess the rule is that if a tree can fall on a power line, it's their responsibility. I don't know. I don't understand the law enough to give an opinion on it. But for me – around here, 
um, which is in the Central California area, they actually pay a service to go through and detect trees that could pose a problem. If they fall on the power line, the power line will start arcing and cause a fire. Well, and apparently, you know, they say that's what happened. And they say that the, I guess what I heard was the lines were not maintained well enough and that it might have been avoidable. So now the deal is, is that PG&E is bearing the brunt of responsibility for that. And they're in bankruptcy right now. Yep. And, the power uh, company's in bankruptcy. But this is where it gets really super weird, Yeah, is that now they're doing something called planned power outages. And so when there's wind blowing, high temperatures, or higher risks of fire, they're turning the power off. Yeah. And guess where they're turning it off? Largely in the same wine regions where the catastrophe occurred. Yeah, and without electricity, you're in big trouble. Oh, you should see the grid maps of this. It is really, really imposing. And what I find really troubling about it is the fact that these wineries are uh, and grape growers, they're in high season right now. It's harvest time. And a lot of grapes are already in, but there's still more to come in. And they're getting their power turned off. Yeah. And so they got to bring these grapes in, and they got to get them into destemming equipment and stuff like that. Got to crush them. They got to. And it's like it's dark in there. Yeah. And what do they do? Is that horrifying? That is. I mean, what would what would you do? Just take all your barrels and and cart them off to some place that has electricity? I don't know. I I have no idea what they're doing. It's like nothing I've ever seen before. We've luckily, now we're lower down in the state, and we luckily don't have to deal with that. But if you're a listener that's interested in this story, just Google uh, planned power outages PG&E and look at the map, and, and you'll just be astounded at the idea that the only power supplier for this massive area has the right and ability to just throw the switch to the off position. Yeah. Is that crazy? Well, and they're a private company that has stockholders as well. Yeah. So I, I was and, none too pleased by that. And I, and I like I said, I, I've been a fan of PG&E. I've always thought that they were a very responsive company. And, you know, when power goes out here, they have alerts that are posted immediately. They do a really super good job on that, you know, and I, I, I just kind of like the company, even though I tend to not like big companies, right? Well, you know, the problem is that they are involved in politics. There are political factions that uh, don't like that. And so... Anytime I think that you're subject to political action, things are going to happen that uh, sometimes don't uh, make a lot of sense. Yeah. All right. So here's one. So there, I said there were two stories ah, yes. with PG&E. Yes. So here's the second story, okay? In Calistoga, which is right in the dead smack in the heart of wine country, Napa area, there's a small vineyard owner. His name is Terry Gard. And PG&E has basically seized his property. Yeah. Wow. And why are they seizing the property? I'm glad you asked. Yeah. Because they want to put in a liquid natural gas plant there, and they're claiming public domain Hmm. on this guy's property. 
Hmm. Now, I've, I've never been a fan. Anybody that's listened to this show knows that for years I supported the folks up in the Finger Lakes when they were trying to put uh, liquid petroleum gas in these defunct salt caverns, which created the most astonishing, scary environmental, potentially, uh, well, I should say potential environmental hazard that I could even imagine. And, you know, it just seems strange to me that of all the places that they want to put their liquid natural gas plant, which I'm not thrilled about mm-hmm. to begin with, they got to grab somebody's land? Yeah, and why Why this person's well, land? Yeah why, yeah, why this guy? Exactly. So this is a, a an ongoing, it's in court now, I guess, and I don't know how it's going to all end up, but man, it's an interesting story. And you can actually find out more about it in the weekly Calistogan. Uh-huh. This is going to be an ongoing thing for sure. I don't know if there are protesters out there or not and, you know, exactly what's going on. But I just know that this is going to be a, an ongoing thing. And That's an interesting story to follow, I'd say. You know, I'm sorry, but maybe I sound like a tree hugger. But I've become one as I've become, especially as I've become more involved in the wine industry. and Maybe you're and a s- vine hugger. A vine. <laughs> well, vines actually hug you, you know, is actually the, the truth of the matter. They, 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 and by the way, you, you're a winemaker. You know the tendrils on a vine? Yes. Yeah. How do they know? How do they know those are tendrils? Well, no. How do they know to go grab something? You're like, you know, these little tendrils. Those, yeah. those are, they're these long, everybody's seen them. They're the long stringy things at the end of the vine, right? Yes. And they somehow know how to grab a post or a wire, a, a trellis or whatever. I think it has something to do with temperature. Well, I don't know. I just, I, I have gotten very close to them to see if they have eyes. Yeah. Because yeah. they know just exactly where they're going to go grab something. That's true. And, and boy, they'll latch onto it. They're very smart little guys, and they'll wrap around it. It's yeah. actually kind of a little spooky. It's, no, because they're, they're not going to come out the other side of the trunk. They're going to come out the, the side that's going to wrap around something. Yeah, you know? exactly. So what? how does it know that? And and these tendrils get as long as they need to be to yeah. be able to do that. And thick as Oh, it. and they hang on tight. Oh, yeah. Oh, They're, yeah. They got a grip. Yeah, you need some. And one of these days, days, you know, somebody's going to put some kind of not-so-cool fertilizer on a vine, and the tendrils are going to get out of control. Uh-huh. Vineyard workers are going to be out there working, and then all of a sudden, it's Attack of the Killer Tendrils. Do you know where that song comes from? Attack of the Killer Tomato? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Okay. Anyway, it'll be uh it'll be a remake, Attack of the Killer Tendrils. <laughs> well, I hope nobody gets choked out by Ooh. no humans Ooh. get choked out. But it is really a good idea for a film. That is a good All right, idea. and we got some more news stories we're gonna talk about Brentonimo, so just hang with me for a second. Gotta take one of those all important commercial breaks, and we'll be right back with more Grave Encounters. Grape Encounters Radio is based in Atascadero, California for good reason. It's the heart of the Central Coast wine country and the perfect home base for endless adventures. Atascadero is friendly, affordable, and offers unparalleled access to world-class equestrian ranches, bicycle trails, hiking, breathtaking beaches, cutting-edge culinary experiences, and endless wine country adventures. Learn more about Atascadero. 
the gateway to good times at visitatascadero.com. Words can be very confusing. When you're crazy, people say that you're nuts. But what if you're crazy about nuts? Well, that doesn't mean that you should be sent to the funny farm. It means that you should be sent to the farm of MM Organics, the producers of organic heirloom walnuts and walnut products that are so incomparably unique and delicious, other nuts will be reduced to wallflowers. Whoops, there we go with those crazy meanings of words again. After all, if being a wallflower means disappearing into the background, then why does being a walnut from MM Organics mean standing out from the rest? Confused? Well, you won't be when you discover the glorious deliciousness of walnut halves, baking pieces, fair trade chocolate-covered walnuts, and other scrumptious walnut products from MM Organics. Learn more and order yours at mmorganics.com, where you'll also find our utterly irresistible two-horse Portuguese dessert wine that everyone goes nuts for. Get crazy at mmorganics.com. And this edition of Grape Encounters is brought to you by Total Wine and More. And when I say and more, there is so much more in a Total Wine store than you've ever seen before. That I, all rhymes. Oh, that's Brentanamo over there. Do a jingle. I just did. Oh, okay. I just did. Oh. I love Total Wine. It, it feels so good to be able to pontificate about something that you really, truly love. I love them like a $300 Napa cab. For a store near you, go to TotalWine.com. All right, we're covering some news stories. We have been remiss in our news coverage lately. Brentanamo, I don't think you've been in here for, I'm thinking, two months. Not that long. Really? No. I've... We got to do news at least once a month, and it's got to be more than a month. Yeah. I got two more stories I want to talk about today, and the first one is something that's so near and dear to all of our hearts. So can you guess what it is? A good bottle of wine. Rhymes with sheriff. Sheriff. Rhymes with sheriff. Do, do, do. Tariff. That's it. You got it. You got it. <laughs> but and I've I, never, been, I've never really funny. thought of tariffs as being close to my heart. But, you know, there's that song, I Shot the Sheriff. Yes. And I did not shoot his deputy. No. So it should be a remake. I shot the tariff. <laughs> because uh, you, tariffs. You should are, be a composer. You, you know, I always thought that you knew how to compose yourself. <laughs> tar- tar- tariffs are really causing turmoil in the wine industry. Uh-huh. I reported back, I don't know, it's been a couple of months now, about the amount of money that tariffs are adding to American wines that are going out of the country. And it's now if you're in another country and you want American wine, you're going to pay more than double now. Wow. At the time, it was already 90%, I believe, when I talked about it last. And it was going up another like 30%. So it's like over 100%. Is that crazy? Wow. And And so then other countries that don't have the tariffs are selling their wines like crazy then, right? Because they're yes. very reasonable Yes, yeah, so all of these other countries, Spain, Italy, France, they're all making up for the deficit, and it's killing our American wine exporters. How terrible. I'm not getting political yeah. here. I'm just saying. I feel for them because- Now, do they wine... have tariffs on what they sell here? Okay, so that's what I wanted to get into, because the administration just proposed a 25% tariff on French, Spanish, German, and British 
British wine. <laughs> British wine. Uh, yeah. When's the last time you saw a bottle of British wine? Oh, maybe just about never. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but actually, the Brits do make some good wines. Yes, they do. They're into the bubbly, actually. Yeah. And But we don't see it here much. They love to gobble up their own bubbles. That's an idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, they, they do. And I really haven't had much in the way of British bubbly, but I'd like to. But I know at their big British shindigs, they've got the British bubbly there. Is it sweet? Oh, I don't think so. Okay. No, I think it's just so like... It's a good old no, dry, I don't, no, uh, sparkling? I, yeah, no. It's pretty high quality, actually. Hmm. So basically, the tariff means the end to 10 to $15 bottles of wine from France and Spain, which is about 25% of the imports that come into the U.S. If you yeah, haven't noticed this, if you go to Europe and you buy an American bottle of wine, it's pretty expensive. Mm-hmm. But if you go to France and you know any place, Greece, Germany, Italy, Spain, go to any place where you can buy wine there, it's real easy to buy a great bottle of wine for like five bucks. They just don't have the expense in their wines that we have in our wines. So you can imagine, first of all, that with 100% markup on American wines, nobody's going to buy them. And you can also imagine that since we've become very accustomed to be able to buy European wines for a really modest price, now they're going to be like a lot more money and nobody's going to touch those either. So you're darned if you do and darned if you don't, right? That means that people will probably be stuck with buying good old domestic wine. So here's the interesting thing that I heard. This is really super interesting. There are some interesting rules on the books where the amount of alcohol in a wine impacts the amount that you pay back to the government. Yeah, the amount you, that you're taxed. And if you're over 14% alcohol, you actually pay a higher rate back to the government. Well, somewhere along the line, when they were working on these tariffs, everything got all screwed up. And they instead said that the maximum tariffs were going to be charged on wines that were up to 14%. Ah. I guess the why in that is because there's more of that wine, mm-hmm, right? That's mm-hmm. the, the bulk of the wine. So guess what the Europeans are doing? They found a loophole and here where they used to make wines that were like 11, 12, 13% alcohol, they're beefing them up. Sure. They're going to get it over 14% and they're going to pay a much lower tariff. Yeah. Very it, easy to do too. Is that amazing? Wow. That's smart. Yeah. I, I got this picture of these little French guys running around with bottles of cognac, just pouring a little bit into, <laughs> into each barrel, right? You know, let's get this little you know measuring device. It is 14.01%. Or all they have to do is ship it to America. Pick it at a little higher uh, bricks and you've got the 14%. So good news, bad news, folks. If yeah. you want low alcohol European wines, you're going to pay more. If you want high alcohol European wines, which basically didn't exist, they're making them now for you and you can get them for cheap. Absolutely. <laughs> so, seems like a pretty fair deal to me. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay. Last thing I want to talk about news-wise, then we'll wrap things up. I listen to serious satellite radio. Are you serious? In, in my, yes, I'm serious. I listen to it in my car. And when I listen to it, there's just this whole bunch of commercials by law firms that are pleading for people to step forward who have developed health problems because they use Roundup. Yeah. And Roundup is like really used or was really used, I should say, heavily in agriculture. And I was actually surprised when I was in Home Depot the other day and I saw this like gigantic display of Roundup because there are currently 18,400 lawsuits. Roundup, by the way, is made by Bayer, the same people that make aspirin. Mm-hmm. So there already have been awards by jurors of over $2 billion for cancer claims. So it makes me wonder just 
how incredibly big a company like that is to be able to deal with 18,400 lawsuits. And apparently they're already setting aside like billions upon billions of dollars for settlements. But the larger picture to me almost seems to be agriculture and places like grape growing where this insecticide was used without restraint. Yeah, well, now, uh, obviously, agriculture is paying for all those lawsuits. Well, the interesting thing is that more than any other time in the history of wine grape growing, vineyards are going organic and biodynamic, and they're just blowing off insecticides completely. So if there is a silver lining to this story, it's that the grape growers are saying, you know what, none of this is worth the hassle, and we now know how to grow great grapes and use natural solutions to eradicate pests. And we're going to do that. Yeah, that's absolutely That's true. the silver lining right there. Guess what? That's it. That's it. We're done for the day. Oh, very good. Yes. Yeah. Let's go round up some good bottles of wine. That's right. That's not funny, is it? No. Okay. All right. All right. But anyway, uh, that's going to do it for Grape Encounters today. My thanks to our announcer, Brent Tonimo. He's a gold medal wine making winner. And I, I'm really proud of you for that. Yeah, it's a great honor. And Grape Encounters is, of course, brought to you by the wonderful people at Total Wine and More who bring you uh, totally more wine than anybody that I can think of. We'll see you here next week. Do, 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 do.